0: Debbie Roberts from Property Apprentice, owner and financial advisor, and today I want to talk to all of you who are in your twenties with some five most common money management mistakes that people in your age group make. Like managing your money in your twenties can be both nerve-wracking and a fulfilling experience. In today's economy, it needs to become your top priority. You know, there's, it's quite a dramatic change uh, leaving school and then starting to earn some money, or leaving university and then starting to earn some money. It can go to people's heads in some ways. So they spend a lot more because they've never earned that amount of money before in the past. But the sooner you look after your financial well being, the faster you can achieve your goals and the more protected you get. Against future risks. So, I'm going to talk about this in today's episode some money mistakes that's common amongst those of you in your 20s. So, first up, impulsive buying and label chasing, designer clothing, nice cars, luxurious vacations. This is what usually comes to mind when we think of people who are wealthy. But if you only focus on looking wealthy without really building your asset base first, you're never going to attain financial freedom. You know, there's a lot of people that look good, but they're actually going backwards financially. You do not want to be one of those people. More importantly, in case it gets tempting, don't ever get into debt for the Instagram. I mean, for crying out loud, don't use credit cards if you can't afford to pay them off every month. Buy now, pay later ads and things like that. Any other means to borrow money, especially if it's at a high interest rate, don't use debt to fund a lavish lifestyle. Some payment plans can offer zero interest, but it's not an ideal situation for lots of different reasons. For example, it encourages reckless spending. Secondly, you've got no choice when the repayments need to be made, which can make it easier to rack up that debt. And third, it can affect your ability to apply for loans or set aside cash for emergencies further down the track. Secondly, not taking your KiwiSaver seriously. Okay, this is a really common issue that I'm seeing with, with people that I work with around the KiwiSaver advice. So your KiwiSaver savings are an asset and it's most commonly used for retirement or for purchasing your first home. Making regular contributions to that account can be a really good first step towards getting those milestones underway. You can also withdraw some or all of your KiwiSaver fund earlier than the age of 65 in a variety of other situations. Like, for example, if you find yourself facing some serious financial hardship, a common pitfall that I see is that lots of young professionals put off sorting their KiwiSaver. By putting it on the back burner, you're essentially turning down free money from the government and free contributions from your employer. Because if you're contributing at least 3% of your gross income, your employer has to contribute at least 3% as well. And uh, and the government contributions help also. So don't miss out on that benefit of leveraging your time to grow your money. Make sure that you speak to a financial advisor qualified to give advice for KiwiSaver, So they'll be a financial advisor with an investment strand in their certificate for financial advice. So get advice around an appropriate KiwiSaver fund for your individual needs. Don't just go with the bank KiwiSaver fund or a default fund or anything like that. Get specific individual financial advice around that. If you're a client, a property apprentice, this is literally part of what I do for you when I'm creating your financial plan. Thirdly, ignoring your budget, and yes, this includes rent. To its core, budgeting is about creating healthy financial habits. Without understanding where your money goes, what feels like an occasional twice-a-week takeout can add up to hundreds of dollars a month, in a month. You know, what we quite often see is that it's not the large transactions that have the biggest effect on, on our cash flow, it's the little transactions like the $5 ones that just slip through your fingers without you noticing and they add up. On the other hand, making small changes like meal planning, buying more affordable brands of essentials, that's also going to add up to some significant savings. Rent is another expense you need to think about. It can be quite expensive, especially if you're living alone and you reside in highly developed centres. You might want to consider flatting with others so that you can split your costs and rent, utilities, furnishings, insurance and any other needs that you might have. It doesn't have to be a permanent arrangement. You could choose to do it for a few years until you can save enough and then move on if you want to move into a place where it's just you or you and your partner. Or perhaps you might decide to stay living at home for a little bit longer so that you can save more money towards your first home purchase. Your parents might not be in a position that they'll be able to help you to fund your deposit for a first home, but there are other ways that you can get help from the bank of mum and dad. Living at home paying board instead of rent could be one of them because quite often board is cheaper than what it would cost you if you were paying rent. Skipping savings is number four. Your car breaks down, your electronics stop working, you can get sick and lose your job, or you've run out of sick leave, so you've got to take leave without pay. All of those situations can happen really quickly and can cause some significant financial stress. An emergency fund can protect you from incurring debt at times like that. We recommend that you set aside an amount that can cover at least three months of living expenses Or talk to an insurance advisor to see if there's an appropriate insurance product for your situation to give you some emergency cover just in case. It might sound tough, especially if you're just starting out. But like always, the technique is to be consistent in your saving, even if it's just small increments. These contributions add up in no time. Number five on this list is asking the right questions to the wrong people. Although today's younger generation's less likely to try and keep up with the Joneses, studies show that they still value referrals and opinions as a way to find solutions for their problems. Now, this can be a bad thing if you forget that effective advice for someone else might not work for you. From experience, I've spoken to lots of millennials, Gen Zs, Gen Xs, you know, all sorts of different gens or whatever you want to call them. Zoomers is a phrase that I learned for the first time recently. And what I've learned is that they often look to what their friends are doing or what their family suggests as a form of financial advice. Now, this can be disastrous if you decide to commit to a certain type of investment based on what their situation is without fully understanding how it works and what the risks are and if it's really right for your individual situation. There's no substitute for professional and impartial financial advice from a financial advisor. Instead of reaching out to friends and family, spend time looking for a reliable financial advisor who can answer your questions and help create a tailored strategy for you. Your 20s can be an exciting time and it doesn't have to be financially stressful and confusing. So, you know, some claim it to be, but it doesn't have to be. If you feel like you've got some great tips from this episode and you'd like to boost your financial literacy and learn more about investing, Join me at one of our free events where I go through all the ins and outs about buying your first home and eventually buying investment properties, help you get started on that pathway. And if you're keen to work with us on a more consistent basis, I can actually write you a full financial plan and then review that in a few years' time to help keep you on track to reaching your long-term goals. But register for one of our free events online at propertyapprentice.co.nz, and we also run free events in our office in Auckland. We're based in Allersley, so if you're Auckland-based, you might want to come along and meet us in person. I host those free events, so feel free to come along and meet me, or if you're further away from Auckland, then join me online. All of the events are held live, so you'll have opportunities to ask questions. More than happy to help.